Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. It is so good to be with you today. Everybody doing good so far? We've already had church already. I feel like, man, we've already, we've already had an encounter with God. But we're going to go a little bit further behind the veil today. And if you're brand new to our church, we're so honored to have you. I know this is different than some churches. I know there's a lot of churches that don't um, hang out in tents in December. <laughs> but we're just cool like that, amen? <laughs> like if Rick Warren can grow to 10,000 in a tent, we can do it too. <laughs> and so uh, we're hanging in tents in December. And uh, if you're watching online, again, these people are dressed like we are in veil. <laughs> but uh, we're making it. It is, uh, it is a good day to be here. Uh, you know, if you're brand new to our church, we are a passionate community. I know that catches some people off guard. They're like, well, I'm not used to people like being excited to be in church. People saying like amen or clapping or shouting. Like, like I want you to know that clapping isn't a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. Shouting isn't a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. And so the Bible talks about shouting with a voice of triumph. It talks about clap your hands, all you people. Any people in here? Okay, so I just want you to know clapping, shouting, not weird, biblical. And uh, there are some quiet churches, but that's okay. Uh, there's different churches that reach different types of people. But my conviction is, is that if, man, a sports event gets better when the crowd gets engaged, how much more a church service? Amen? So I just want to encourage you. That's kind of the why behind what we do. But we believe and open up God's word. We, uh, we try our very best to, to learn every week. But we're not here just to study God up here. We want to come to church to have an encounter with God. I believe that no good parent wants just to be studied by their kids. Hey, Dad, I'm doing a dissertation on you. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? Well, it gets weird if your kids are interrogating you every week because to write a report about you. We're not here to study our father. We're here to enjoy his company. Can I get a good amen to that? So that's what we're going to do today. If you're brand new to our church, we're so glad you're here, and uh, this is going to be a special Sunday. We actually started a series last week called Christ the Lord, and it's a passage out of Matthew when, when Jesus actually reveals himself to shepherds in the field, and uh, it says that the angels announced that this day, this night, a Savior is born who will be Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Say it with me, Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Say CTL. CTL. You've heard of PT, PDA, now you've heard of CTL. And uh, we need some more CTL in our life, some of his lordship. And uh, I'm going to do my best the next couple weeks to this week, next week, really focused in on Christmas. And uh, I've been immersing myself in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. If you want to read the story to your kids this coming week, uh, I encourage you to do so. But today, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to Luke chapter 1. If you're brand new today, I'm going to read 12 verses out of Luke chapter 1. And if you've been a Christian for longer than 12 months, we just raise your hand real fast, longer than 12 months. A lot of you have been Christian for a long time. So if you've heard this story before, I need you to look at it with a fresh set of eyes. I'm going to try my best to, to do my, my very, very best to try to make an ancient story not only applicable for today, but I want to show you some of the parallels between the days of Jesus and the days that we are living in. And I want to talk to you today about the lordship of Jesus, which ultimately I believe changes the game. Many people believe in God, but they're never transformed by him. We have a lot of fans of Jesus, not many followers. And today, I'm going to open up my Bible, Luke chapter 1. If you're brand new, I'll read 12 verses. I'll pray. I'm going to lift up a special prayer for the Lakers today. I'm going to the game tonight. Come on, somebody. I want to watch them win. And so uh, we're going to have a good time, though. After I do that, I'm going to tell a story or two. And I have four ideas that I felt God gave me for our church, for the church, uh, that if we're going to see this season be a... Uh, a window in history that God actually mobilizes the church, assimilates a army, a family, a bride, a flock, a people to actually change the course, I believe, nationally, locally, domestically, here in America and beyond. If we're going to see a revival that shapes the earth, there are some things that have to take place. I want to talk about those things today. And so if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this title down, Who is the Boss? Or you can say, Who's the Boss? Think about your man, Tony. And uh, who remembers Tony Maselli, Angela Bauer, and that lady that liked the ladies, Mona. Come on, somebody. That was an old TV show. God bless you. Google it later. Uh, but I want to talk to you today about really the, the lordship. What's Christmas all about? And uh, I'll try my best to give you a fresh set of eyes. Lord, we love you. We honor you. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you to be the guest of honor. We thank you for all of the beautiful kids, Lord, the great kids that shared today, sang about your awesomeness. And we just pray today in this moment that you would meet us here. Holy Spirit, meet us where we are. Lead us into where you want us to be. We don't want to just study you. We want to encounter you. Father, we pray bless the Lakers of the victory tonight. In Jesus' name, come on, God's people said. Come on, everyone said amen. Amen. I uh, was thinking about this. Uh, you know, I, I think it's crazy, but, you know, uh, I would go on the record to say that owning a dog might be harder than raising a child. All the dog owners said amen. I'm telling you, we've been a dog owner now for just over a week and a half, and I, I apologize in advance, but this is trying my faith. I, uh, it's, been, it's been testing the quality of my Christianship, is uh, being a dog owner. Uh, we have two beautiful little girls, as you guys know, and we have a six-year-old and a 13-year-old, and... It's wild that uh, owning a dog is just totally different. It's, it's new territory. None of my babies uh, watered rugs in fertilized couches. None of them did that. We're in a new season, though. We're in a brand new chapter. We got a new house. We're like, hey, what should we do with our new house that's nice? Let's get a dog. We barricaded a special room of the house. We put everything that we don't care about in that room. Dog is spending his time there. He's in a he's in quarantine. Come on. In that part of the house. And uh, we're basically in this, this mode right now that we're trying to figure out who's the boss. I've been telling this dog, Mickey Francie, look, buddy, I'm the boss around here. You're working for me, okay? And uh, trying to figure out, there's a, there's a conflict, there's a battle right now of two wills coming together. And we're trying to figure out, I'm trying to will this dog to go to the bathroom outside. Trying to will this animal that you will not destroy our furniture. There's a war of, war of wills. I think if I was coming from outer space, specifically to Orange County, was not familiar with the human landscape and species, I would actually come here believing that dogs were in charge. If you saw the way that people in Orange County treated their pets, you would think that humans are working for them. I would report to all the aliens, yeah, this species, these humans, they push dogs in strollers. They are led by the dog on a leash. And when that dog marks territory, the human picks it up. It is the humans that are subservient to the dogs. They're working for them. I was thinking about this, who's the boss? Say with me, who's the boss? And I really do believe that I've been reading, again, immersing myself in the text of, of, of again, the Christmas narrative and again, this is historical. This is not fairy pothead or Harry Potter or, 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 or some fictional story. This is a factual, historical account. And the Christmas story is awesome. Many people, they just think it's about uh, just the birth of Jesus alone. But I love the fact that the Christmas story really reminds humanity of who is the, the boss. That's what it's about. What do you know about the Christmas story? Well, uh, uh, most people don't get this. They don't, they, don't, they don't factor this in. That between Malachi and Matthew, the Old Testament and New Testament, there is 400 years of silence. No, no prophets, no evangelists, no, no great preachers, no great messages. It is literally radio silence. And after four centuries of nothing... We come onto the scene here that there is a, a crazy story about two unplanned pregnancies. One broke out in the senior center, turned a senior home into a maternity ward. The other one broke out at Nazareth High School. Young couple, old couple. Both of them were not expecting, but both of them had a miracle happen because of the word of God. We know that Christmas was about, and, uh, about these two couples. It was about God's power that actually transformed two couples. He came in the Christmas narrative not just for the, for the poor shepherds, but for the rich mag magi. We see here that the God's power came to everyone. Everyone could see in the first Christmas that there was a real God that was really powerful because everyone could see his star. The first Christmas... We read about a star that was visible. We read about a demonic king that was aborting national babies. There was a national scale abortion, not zero to three months, not three months to nine months, but 24 months and below were being aborted. Historically, whenever abortion runs rampant in a land, God is getting ready to raise up deliverers. 
It happened in the days of Moses. It happened in the days of, come on, Jesus. And it's happening in our day. My prayer is that Roe v. versus Wade would be reversed. My prayer is that in our lifetime, we would see genocide of children being abolished. Bold stance. Well, there's some things we have to be vocal about. The Bible says that we have to be a voice for those that do not have one yet. And notice that in the origins of Christianity, in the, in the preliminary backdrop of Christmas, we see that there is a demonic king endorsing a wicked agenda, a pagan socialite astrologer that come to faith. You have these wise men on Arabian horses for nine months that travel 800 miles to worship a two-year-old king. And these, these astrologers, these worshipers, they're, they're dark arts practicers, they're descendants of Balaam. These, these wise uh, aristocrat socialites, wealthiest, most educated uh, intelligentsias of their day, become the very men to bow their knees and declare Christ is. Christmas came with a star, affected demonic kings. It began to, it began to uh, cause all these crazy things in politics. It caused astrologers to come to faith. It troubled the capital city of Jerusalem. We know that there was God dreams, angel messengers, and heavenly choirs. It was the announcement first to the poor shepherds, the despised shepherds in the field, that, hey, you guys raise lambs that are slaughtered, but you're going to meet the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world. Christmas, listen to me, wasn't just some festive holiday that gives us the day off. By the way, the shepherds were in the field at night. They were getting paid, come on, time and a half. It was the last year that they didn't get a holiday. Come on, somebody, for Christmas. What do you know about Christmas? Well, I think most Americans don't realize this, is that Christmas started because of a young girl that found favor with God. Mary. Say with me, Mary. Mary. Something about Mary. Can I get an amen? Have I read the Bible yet? I should read the Bible. Started preaching this thing already. But it says now in the sixth month. I read this already, didn't I? I didn't read the Bible today. I was just, I thought I read it already. Let's read this together. This is good. I was just just my little introduction. This could be a long Sunday. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. How many people in Nazareth, preacher? Well, they say 500 to 2,000, small city. And uh, there was a virgin girl there betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was, good guess, say it again. Having come in that night, the angel said to her, rejoice. Say it with me, what? Rejoice? Rejoice. What is Christmas about? It's about joy that's not determined by the circumstances of the land. Happiness is about happenings. Win the lotto, get happy. Happiness goes outside to the inside. Joy is different. It goes inside to the rejoice, highly favored one. You're blessed among women. She was freaked out. She was troubled at the saying, consider what manner of greeting that this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Favor with God. And behold, you're going to get pregnant in your womb. You're going to bring forth a son. His name will be called Jesus in Mexico, Yeshua in Jerusalem. But here in America, we call him, come on. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And of his reign over the house of Jacob will be like the sandlot for Ver. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I have never known a man. She's not talking about meeting a male. She's saying I've never known. The word known is like I shared last week. It's the word gnosko. It means to know someone like on your honeymoon. I've never gnoscoed. I've never known. When Jesus said, depart from me, I never gnosco. She said, I'm never, how am I going to get pregnant? I've never been on a honeymoon. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One that's going to be born will be called the Son of God. Hey, you know your relative Elizabeth, the senior center? She's conceived in her old age. She's now in the sixth month of the lady that used to be called barren. Oh, yeah, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Mary said, behold, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Lord, we love you so much. Blessed in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.
Got to pray twice. It was that good. I really believe that most people don't get to this point of actually encountering a promise that changed the trajectory of humanity because how did Mary find favor? I want to argue today that Mary found favor. I want to argue today that the shepherds found favor. I want to, I want to go on the record to say that pretty much everyone in the story of Christmas, from the, from the, uh, the, the blue-collar carpenter named Joseph to the, to the high schooler named Mary to the uh, uh, aristocratic, magi, pagan, wise men, to the jealous king, Herod, to the troubled city, to the infanticide, uh, genocide of babies, the elderly priest of Zechariah, and the, the barren el elderly lady by the name of Elizabeth. All of them were impacted by this idea that a the teenage girl had a moment with God that she surrendered to him as the boss. All the happenings of Christmas and Christianity originate with the surrender of a teenage girl. This teenage girl, she doesn't just believe in God. She, she says, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. People say, Mark, how do you see heaven and earth collide? I see this. This is I love Christianity starts with two worlds coming together. Why? Because there's shepherds in a field and there's angels in the sky. There's an angel named Gabriel that's sent on five occasions, gives five dreams to two different people, five different times. There is warnings, there's protections, there's directions, there's guidance. There's, there's a crazy offering from rich people. There's, there's a feed trough that a baby is laid in after Jesus comes on the scene. And I don't think it's by coincidence that Jesus is born in a thing that fed animals as a symbol that he would be the Lamb of God that actually feeds a hungry world. God spoke to me this week. I was praying, and he began to talk to me about how, how there was wild kings in that day. There was a pagan landscape in that day. There was a spiritual barrenness and a spiritual uh, thirst in the days of Jesus after 400 years of silence. And you know what the solution was to the, to the silence and to the barrenness and to the spiritual drought? It was the birth of a new Savior, a new movement on a night that no one expected. And uh, I was just thinking, I'm not, not, that just kind of laying it out. When people ask you, what's Christmas all about? I want you to, I want you to make this note, because most of the time we don't talk about this in church. I believe that Christmas originated with a teenager that learned how to surrender to God as the Lord. The only reason we believe like we believe is because a virgin got pregnant from the power of the Holy Spirit, carried Jesus, that was her purpose, and lived a life of great, great favor that we still talk about today. Why? Because when the angel gave her the promise, the prophecy, and the declaration, she didn't argue in doubt. She said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. What do you want to capture today? Well, my prayer is this, is that in Orange County, as four weeks ago, God gave me a vivid dream, and he said, Mark, tell my people that it, you can't just believe. you got to make me Lord. Jesus is coming back for a church that is powerful. Powerful churches aren't churches that just believe. They're churches that make God Lord. I'd like to remind you the Greek word kurios, uh, kurios it actually means it's, 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 in a, it's in the Bible. Lord is in the Bible over 1,600 times. 622 times in the New Testament. What does the word Lord mean? It means, it means supreme authority, it means master, and it means controller. Supreme authority, master, controller. Supreme authority, controller. You know what's crazy? In America today, many people believe, but not many people call God their master, controller, and supreme authority. How many people do you know that read the Bible and go, well, I, don't like, I don't like that part of the Bible? So that's, not, that's good for you, but not for me. I think that's kind of hate speech. I think that should be outlawed. I think that we should ban this in churches and ban free speech in that area and this arena. I like this, but I don't like that. And we try to rename things, and we try to rechange things, and we try to invent things that God created in our own image. And here's the facts, is that God today, I believe, is if we're going to see revival and awakening like we did in Bethlehem, in Nazareth, in the days of old, we have to once again, are you hearing me today, say, God, let it be to us according to your... Wherever there's spiritual awakening, there is a new hunger for the Word of God. I don't care if I agree with it or not. When you disagree with the Bible, but by the way, it's not if, it's when. 
I'll be honest, many times I read the Bible and it offends me. I'm like, God, what the heck? But you know what I do when I get offended by Scripture? I say, God, change me. I'm not going to change it. God's Word isn't something that we tailor to our beliefs. We tailor our beliefs to God's Word. Can I get an amen? But I'm so smart. I'm telling you, we have so many people. And by the way, it seems like many scholars, the smarter they get, the dumber they get. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't drown crossing the Red Sea because God opened the ocean. Maybe it was just like during a drought or low tide, and they walked across in 16 inches of water. Maybe it wasn't really a virgin birth. Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he didn't raise from the dead literally. Maybe, maybe there wasn't like a Holy Spirit. Maybe there's no such thing as a prayer language and the power. Maybe, maybe the gifts of the Spirit don't really exist today. Maybe it was all figurative. Maybe the ark was just like an analogy. It's crazy how so many people try to go, uh, Lord, let it, be, let it be to me according to my thoughts. Let it be to us according to what we like and what we don't like. Give me the menu. Let me order what I want off the menu. You can keep the rest of that stuff in the kitchen. This is what we do in America today. But I want to remind you that the reason why we know Mary's name is because when the angel gave her the report, she said, Lord, I am your maid the word maidservant only shows up one other place in the New Testament. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 18, when Peter prophesies about Joel the prophet, saying, And on my maidservants and on my men servants, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. You know who God fills with his spirit? The ones that say, Lord, you are the controller. You are the supreme authority. You are the master of my but I can tell by 50% hand claps that we don't really believe this. No, my money is mine. Gifts are mine. Talent's mine. Kids, mine. And by the way, it's funny how we spend our life until we wake up in eternity. And we realize, I thought I was doing pretty good until I realized I wasn't living for him. I was living for me. And I would rather offend you today. Ladies and gentlemen, I would rather offend you in these tents by saying, you have one life to live. You can spend it however you want, but you can only spend it once. Many people will wake up in eternity like Oscar Schindler going, I could have done more. God gave me this, 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 this word. He said, Mark, tell my people that their level of surrender will determine the duration and the magnitude of how I can use them. God said, the level of surrender will determine the magnitude and the longevity of how I can use and fill them. Many of you don't, don't know God in a powerful way because you've never surrendered. Here's what I'd say today. Well, Mark, that's a pretty bold statement today. Well, here's what I'd say. I, I'm just I'm defending everybody today. This is great. <laughs> like I shot some of you guys already. This guy's gonna get he's gonna get beat up after this service. <laughs> I uh, was thinking about how Mary was a teenager when she surrendered. She said, "I'm your maid servant. I'm your slave. I'm your female servant. I voluntarily offer you my life, master, controller, supreme authority. Let it be to me according to your word." And you know what always follows uh, surrender? Write down surrender first. I'll tell you why some of you don't have power because you don't have surrender. I want to go backwards today. Normally I go the other way, but I'm going to go backwards and say this. The reason why we know Mary's name and the reason why God favored a teenager from Nazareth High School was because her level of surrender. You want know, you know to know why she was celebrating in Zechariah when he got a promise? He went mute. Because when Zechariah heard the report of God, he didn't believe it. He didn't surrender to it. He went mute until he lined his words up with God's words. And I'll tell you right now, you will always lose your voice and your purpose until you line your words up with God's words. Always. Some of you have tons of resources, tons of favor, tons of, tons of purpose, but you have no power. You've never had a moment with God because you've never fully surrendered. I believe your level of surrender determines your level of encounter. I never really heard God's voice. Well, I think I had an encounter with God. Thinking you had an encounter with God is like thinking, I think I had a honeymoon. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I think there was one time that Rashawn and we, yeah, I think we did have a honeymoon. Listen to me. You know. You come back walking a little different from the honeymoon. That's right. And some of you Christians in the church, you're like, I, I don't know if I ever really had an encounter with the Lord. I think I, think I did. I think I, think, I think I did. 
One time I felt a little goose bump on my, 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 it was like right here on my neck. It was like a little goose, kind of felt like a spider was crawling on my neck right here. It was just like, that's the Lord. Many people don't have an encounter because they never say, God, if you really are there, I surrender. I would go on the record to say that the reason why the North American church lacks power is because it lacks surrender. Why do you see miracles in Africa? I've been to Africa. I've seen blind eyes open up, deaf ears open up. I've seen people that couldn't get pregnant get pregnant. I've seen crazy. I've seen almost every miracle in the Bible. Prayed for people. I've never healed anybody, but God has healed people through people I've prayed for. And it's wild that I've traveled the world. I've seen people in Australia that have had hysterectomies two months after we prayed for them get pregnant. I've seen creative miracles. I've seen it in California. I've seen it in Northern California. I've seen blind eyes open up in Seattle, Washington. I've seen blind eyes open up in Boise, Idaho. I've prayed. I've seen all kinds of miracles. But I'll tell you, one of the precursors of miracles and power is surrender. Why do you think you see miracles? Because I'm stupid enough to believe that what's in the Word of God, it can be to me according to His. Well, it can't really be like that anymore. Why not? That's your faith. And many people reduce, reduce what God can do to what you can do. I would remind you that we are not made in your image. We're made in God's. He doesn't play by the rules we play with. That's impossible to save the world with a floating zoo. Exactly. Live in a well for a couple days? It's impossible. Exactly. Open up blind eyes? Impossible. Exactly. Virgin birth? Impossible. Exactly. Empty tomb? Exactly. Resurrected on the third day? Exactly. We serve a miracle working. Come on, here to clap. Give a good hand clap today. And I know we don't get a lot of airtime on this. But I do feel like the Lord is getting his church ready for some of the greatest revival. Some of the greatest spiritual awakening that the earth has ever witnessed. And I tell you where revival begins. It begins in the hearts of those that are surrendered. Lord, I say, if you are God, all that I am, all that I hope to be, all that I own, all that I'll ever have in life, I surrender everything. I am your men servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Most people don't see power because they don't see surrender. So I would start off by this morning by saying, you, don't want, you want to see the power that Mary saw? You have to have the surrender that Mary had. Lord, I don't understand how you're going to do it. I don't understand how I'm not going to go on a honeymoon, but I'm still going to get pregnant with a baby. But Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I don't know how I lay hands on the sick and see him recover. I don't know exactly how that works, but let it be to me according to your word. I don't know how that I ask for the gifts of prophecy. It says to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. I don't understand how I, how I open my, I close my eyes and I listen for the Holy Spirit's voice and I begin to share the secrets of men's hearts. I don't know exactly how that works, but let, let it be to me according to your... I don't understand how someone believes in their hearts and confesses in their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and they are pulled out of one kingdom, transferred into another kingdom, and their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Don't fully understand it, but let it be to me according to your word. I, I just want you to know many people never know the power of the Holy Spirit because they never know the surrender of Mary. I believe the church will experience the power that Mary encountered when the church surrenders the way that Mary surrendered. Something about that, Mary. Can I get an amen? What do you know, man? I know this, that she surrendered. And when she surrendered, the promise was this. Because of your surrender, guess what, Mary? I'm going to, um, this, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and he's going to overshadow you. It's going to come upon you, he's going to overshadow you. Both of those words... They have the same intent in the Greek language. They both mean to influence. You know what the Holy Spirit loves to do? He loves to influence us. Well, that's weird. Why would, the, why would God influence us? Do you know what influences you? Everything. Music you listen to influences you. Listening to Enter the Sandman, I want to cut people off on the freeway. Listening to, listen to that, come on, that height, that rap music, listen to this. It's crazy how music will influence you. Movies. You ever watch the movie? I'm like, why am I crying staring at a screen? I don't know those people. I know they're pretending. But I'm just getting lost in this moment right now. Rose, why'd you let him go? Just moved. Just moved. Influence. 
It's crazy. The Bible says that the Spirit of God, Ephesians, He says, hey, Orange County, don't be drunk with wine. He says, be filled with my Spirit. Why does God equate, why does He equate alcohol with the Holy Spirit? I believe it's because alcohol will influence you. You know what what God wants to do? He wants to, hey, come upon you, overshadow you. What does surrender do? It allows a space that you're able to be influenced by the creator of the world. You know what his influence will do? The same thing that wine will do to you. You drink too much wine, you'll start getting bald. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what I think. What's up, Mark? Your cholesterol. You get bald. You get bald. Not only do you get bold when you're under the influence, you know what else is crazy? You start saying things you normally wouldn't say. You don't just do that. You start getting loud. Whoa, I'm getting loud. I always tell people this. When you have enough wine, what happens? Things that normally aren't attractive become attractive. You are so beautiful. Comedians call them beer goggles. Come on. What happened to you? You're seeing things like that aren't necessarily as they are. Why does he say, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit? Because when you have an encounter and you're influenced by the Spirit, he'll make you loud. He'll give you a voice. And he'll give you a love for people that you normally would never, ever love. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled. Be influenced by my Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit do? He gives you the appetite of Jesus. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I go. If I don't go, the world will have to hop on a plane, a 747, fly to uh, uh, Tel Aviv, land in Israel, show up to a stadium, and watch Jesus on a jumbo screen. But if I go, he says, I will send the helper. He will comfort you. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. He will remind you of the words that I have spoken to you. He will comfort you. I'm scared of the Holy Spirit. Why would you be scared of something that Jesus wasn't scared of? Don't ever let a preacher with bad theology scare you of something that Jesus was not scared of. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And the ones that are weird with the Holy Spirit were the ones that were weird without the Holy Spirit. They've been weird all along. Don't ever believe the lie that, man, well, if I really get filled with the Spirit of God, I'll become some kook that's like grabbing microphones and Gelson's and losing control. Don't ever believe that lie. The Holy Spirit, only does, He gives you the appetite of Jesus. You know what the Holy Spirit does when He comes upon you? He fills you with Jesus. What happened to Mary? Well, she had an intimate moment with the Holy Spirit. And after that moment, you know what happened? The life of Jesus came inside of her. Literally. Check this out. I'm almost done. How many give me five more minutes? Five? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. That's all I need. Think, Shep. So, you know what's crazy? Check this out. All eyes up here on me. My eyes are up here. You know what's crazy? Is, uh, this is so wild. I was thinking about this. Mary was the first human being to ever carry the presence of Jesus. You know what Christianity is about? It's just like Mary. It's about having an intimate encounter with the Holy Spirit because you're surrendered. And when you do, the Spirit of God puts the Spirit inside of you. And you start carrying the presence of Jesus. You know what's wild? The longer you carry Jesus' presence, the bigger He gets in you. Wow, I just, what's going on with you? Well, I've been, how, how far along are you? Well, I've been pastor this church for three years. So these are bigger clothes. Had a dad bod. Now I have a father figure. And uh, let's think about this. You know what's crazy about, listen, I'm almost, I'm almost done. What's crazy is, is, is it says the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and the life of Jesus was deposited. The longer she carried Jesus, the bigger he got inside. I would go on the record to say that I guarantee that when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, what Jesus was hungry for is what she ate. Some of you, no one has to tell you, hey, stop watching that bad stuff. Stop listening to that crazy stuff. Stop lying, cheating, la 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 la. Stop, 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 stop. Religion always tries to change you that way. Christianity doesn't work like that. It's not an outside job. If you behave like us, you can sit with us on Sundays. That's religion. 
Christianity comes on the scene differently, and it goes, hey, when you surrender, the power of the Spirit's going to fill you. And when he does, new life's going to show up. And you're going to start craving some weird stuff. What do you mean weird? I mean, like, my wife, like, come on, I want peanut butter and I want pickles. It's diabolical. Get behind me, Satan. Why do pregnant women crave stuff sometimes? It's not them. It's the baby. And I believe that Christianity at its, come on, root level is the life of Jesus because of the power of the Spirit giving you the appetite of Jesus. Why are you shutting off Netflix and reading your Bible? It's the baby. Why do you want to go to church more than one day a week? It's the baby. Why are you changing your appetite? It's the baby. Why are you changing your environments? It's the life inside of me. Come on, Mary. How did Mary get so full developed? She carried his presence. What's Christianity do? It carries the presence of Jesus until Jesus is delivered to the world. This is what we will do at Ocean's Church. We're going to surrender at such a high level that he can fill us with the Spirit. The life of Jesus is going to grow in this church. You're going to go, by gosh, my, by golly, I'm a disciple. How in the world have I all of a sudden got interested in reading the Bible every day, praying, tithing, giving, serving, helping, lending, being generous, living for eternity? What's happened to you, Mark? Well, you surrendered somewhere along the way. And Mary, because you surrendered, I could, uh, I could give you my power. God never gives power that's not surrendered. You know, it's crazy. I used to love loud speakers when I was younger. Not anymore because I want to hear when I get older. But when I was younger, I didn't care. And I remember I had a big subwoofer I put in my trunk one time. And I did everything. I hooked everything up. And like, why is this bass? Why is this power not going? And, it, and I had this guy off Craigslist that was super sketchy. Showed up to my house. I had Dan Dunson come over. I was scared for my life. This guy came over in like five minutes. He fixed the problem. He goes, oh, you did everything right. You forgot one thing. You didn't ground the power. And before all of it could, could, could work, he said he had to pull the carpet up and you had to get the line and you had to connect it to the metal of the car. You had to ground the power. You know what grounds the power in the walk of, of Christianity? Surrender. Some of you want power, but you don't want to be grounded. No, God works for me. He's my employee. No, he's not, Jethro. You're working for him. He's the boss. Mickey Francie thinks I'm working for him. No, 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 no. Eventually, bro, you're working for us. Maybe not right now, but the day will come. She will work for us. I'm almost finished. And I believe that when you actually surrender to God's purpose, last thing I would say is I do believe that favor will find your life. Was favor that, like, I'll get a Rolls Royce and a jet? Is favor, like, I'll never get sick? Are you like one of those prosperity preachers? Are you one of those faith preachers? By the way, I don't know what our alternative is at being a faith preacher. Don't worry about, no, you're not going to get any faith in this church. I'm going to tell you what God can't do all the time. Listen to me. I don't believe in being, uh, there is, there's dangers in every doctrine. And usually, by the way, check this out. Usually where you see abuse there's usually truth at the middle of it. The devil only abuses things usually that have truth in them. So if you can take prosperity too far, there's probably truth in it somewhere. And that, that applies for all doctrines. So I would say this. Well, what does it mean to be favored, Mary? Well, I think Mary would go on the record to say this. Gabriel defined favor not as never getting sick, not as never experiencing tragedy, not as not having difficulties or my heart ripped out of my chest when I watched my 33-year-old son die on the cross. He never defined favor as a perfect life. He defined favor as God will certainly be with you. What do I know about favor? Well, I know that Job was favored and he lost everything. I know that Joseph was favored, but he was sold into slavery. He was thrown into a pit. He was falsely accused of rape. He was, he was ground into a dungeon. He spent 17 years of his life in the shadows, but God the Lord was with him. And I believe whether we see our reward on this side of eternity or on the other side, I know this, that if the Lord is with me, whether it's on that side or on this side, it will be okay in the end.
Mary was here today, she would say, you want to you see my power? You want to live with purpose? You want to have my favor? Then surrender. Who's the boss, Mark? Well, Christmas reminds me who the boss is. His name is Jesus. He's not Buddha. He's not Muhammad. He's not buried in the earth. He's not living in a tomb. He doesn't have a marked grave. We serve a God that vacated the tomb. Sits at the right hand of the throne of God. We don't earn our way to him. He came down to us. So today, I would tell you this. Mark, I want God's power in my life. Are you willing to surrender? I want God's purpose in my life. Are you willing to surrender? I want God's power, his favor in my life. Are you willing to? And I just feel like this, this clarion message over and over again in the month of December. Will we be a church like Acts that surrenders? The greater the surrender, the greater the power. How do you know that? Well, I could, I could take my hand. I just got to download right now. I could take you to the book of Acts. Why do we know Ananias and Sapphira died? Because the level of power was so strong. How was it so strong? Because people were selling their homes and their lands, laying the proceeds at the disciples' feet. There was such a level of surrender. Money didn't matter to them anymore. They were actually, 5,000 people got saved in like three weeks. Church was exploding. Miracles were happening. By the way, you know what the, power, the powerful thing is? It says the Holy Spirit will influence you and overshadow you. It's only used one other place in the Bible when Peter, in Acts 5.15, it says his shadow healed the sick. Shadows aren't powerful, preacher. Guess what? They're not. Shadows are only there because the sun is shining on you. And I believe that the power of the church will come when the, when the church is so yielded, so surrendered, that says all that I am is God's business, family, friends, career, marriage, all that I am. Behold, I am your main servant. Let it be to me according to your word, O Lord. Stand your feet. Feel his presence. Feel his presence. Who loves his presence? Raise your hands if you love his presence today. How many by a showing, a wave offering today would say, Mark, I feel like God is calling me to a higher level of surrender. Would you wave your hands? I feel him. He's calling me to a higher level of surrender. Some of you are like, Mark, surrendering my money is easy. Giving God my time is hard. Some of you are like, oh, I give God my time uh, on Sundays, but man, going to a small group or discipling people or like being a part of giving God my talents, that's hard. God is calling this church to a higher level of surrender. I'm telling you, when revival breaks out, it's not always easy. You're probably going to have to park further away. The line getting into the parking lot is probably going to get longer and longer. It's going to be harder and harder to get your perfect seat. But will you yield everything? Will you say, God, if you give me a big raise, a big account, I'll sow it into your kingdom. Will you give God your children and say, God, before I honor football camp or, or water polo, I'm going to make sure I honor my kids by getting them in into this youth ministry. Surrender. Will you give your God all that you are? I just feel it today. Who's the boss, Ocean's Church? Who's the boss, Ocean's Church? Who's the boss, Ocean's Church? If you just feel like, come on, today, God, would your favor come? I want to surrender. Would you raise your hands? You feel like you're loving, you love, you, you, look, you, you want to live on purpose. You want the appetite of Jesus to grow inside of you. I want to surrender. Come on, raise your hands. And if you're here today, you never had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and you say, Holy Spirit, would you influence me in this moment? Overshadow me. Come upon me. Fill me with the life of Jesus. I surrender. We're going to sing this song one more time. I want you to forget about who's sitting next to you. I want you to forget about who's watching you. I want you to pretend that the only eyes on you today are the king of the universe. I want you to give me your heart, give me your mind, give me your thoughts. What would you bring to the, to the king today? What treasuries would you open up to the king of kings and the lord of lords? Come on, let's surrender to him today. Let's re-surrender.
surrender, surrender to you, Lord. Two things are going to happen right now. There's, there's many that need to surrender or re-surrender. And there's even more that are going to be healed today. There's someone named Dennis. You've been going against the wind. It feels like you've been rowing against the wind. You've had adversity. You've had contrary headwinds that have created waves that are sinking your ship. And I believe the Lord today would say, not today. I believe that God is calming the seas. And you had some sort of issue, Dennis, with your gallbladder, some sort of issue in your stomach. And God, even right now, he's healing it. I pray protection over you. I thank you that you're not going to die. You're going to live to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living Jesus' name. I don't know if you're in the tents or online, but I believe God is healing right now. Come on, all over the tents today. Two things we're going to do. We're going to surrender and resurrender, And we're going to let God heal us today. All over the tents, we'll be out of here in three, four minutes. If you're here today and you say, Mark, today's the day that I surrender or I re-surrender. You believe in God? That's good. The demons do that. Have you made him Lord? Let's go further than the demons. Come on. Let's make him Lord. So many people on the earth believe. Well, I believe in Jesus. Is he the master? Is he the controller? Is he the supreme authority of your life? And if he's not today before God, I say, today's the day we should surrender. Surrender. Some of you did at one point. But you took control back of your life, and today you need to re-surrender. There is many here today. I believe there's over 25 today that need to re-surrender. If you're here all over the tents, over 25 today, all over the tents, your heart's speeding up. Today's the day I re-surrender. Today's the day that I surrender for the first time. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. Hands up on the count of three. I got, I got a long ways to go, a short time to get there. Real high, Lord, speak to him right now. One, real high, raise your hand. Two, already going up. Come on, over the tent, that's me. 25 or more. Three, real high, real high, real high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Right, 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 fifteen, sixteen. Real high, real high, real high, sixteen, seventeen. Thank you, real high, real high, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, okay, put your hands down. Nineteen in the back. Nineteen, at least nineteen. Six more, six more. I'll wait. Just put your hands down from this. Sixteen, seventeen. Come on, where, where you at? Six more. Is that 20? It's 20? Yeah. Watch this. Eyes closed. Five more. Uh, this week, we, we had a homegoing. One of our members, Renee, sweetheart, married to Doug. She died in her sleep. And I don't do this all the time. But I, just, I feel like I've had Sundays that I've sat next to people. There was a time in Idaho. I sat next to a guy on Sunday in the front row. And that week, he came home to heaven. And for some of you, I'm going to go a little hard today because I feel like you always think, well, I'll live 30, 40 more years, 60 more years. No man knows how long we have. So I petition and I plead on the behalf of Jesus himself. Don't wait for later what you can do today. Don't put off to later what you can do here today. I see, jo I see Jesus even circling the block, coming back around. There's five more. Actually, this scratch, there's 10 more people. You know in your heart that you're trying to make an excuse of why you need to wait till later. God says, do not delay. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day that salvation visits your home. All over the tents. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to raise your hand. There's 10 more. One, right now, I want you to, every eye closed. No one's looking. Two, you didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to. There's one. Come on. Three, real high. There's two. There's three. There's four. Real high, real high, real high, real high, real high, real high. There's five. Yep, real high, real high. I see five. I believe there's five online. Five online. Five more online. Right heart, H-E-A-R-T right now. 30 this service. 14 last service. 30 this service. Right heart, H-E-A-R-T. Hey, Oceans, would you pray this prayer? Let's pray with all, I believe there's at least 30 today in the service. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, today I surrender. Would you forgive me? Would you heal me? And would you fill me with your sweet power? I surrender my purpose. I ask you for your favor and that you would be with me from this day forward. Lead me, guide me, direct me and heal me. In Jesus Christ's name. We're almost done. Last two minutes here. Raise your hand if you need healing in your body. 
someone here today, you have some sort of preliminary melanoma, or someone in here, you have some sort of mass or tumor, God's going to heal. I believe. Anybody believe that God still heals? Let it be to us according to His Word. Let us, let us believe that He would heal today. Someone in here, you've been losing your sight. Your eyes are deteriorating. Not naturally, but there's something unusual. Some sort of degenerate condition in your eyes, your pupils. And even right now, your retinas. I, I feel like God even right now is healing your eyes. If you need healing in your body, lift your hands. We are a church that every single week, we make a moment to invite people to relate to Jesus. And we create a space every week to pray for people that need to be healed of a sickness. Why do you pray for the sick? Because Jesus did. Why do you believe that he does miracles? Because one third of the ministry of Jesus revolved around healing the sick. He said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I pray for those that are barren, those that are sick with diseases and viruses, terminal conditions, temporary conditions, skin conditions, autoimmune conditions. I pray for mental illness, PTSD, trauma, bipolar, schizophrenia. Whether it's demonic or natural, I pray you would heal. If that's you today, raise your hands. Ocean's Church, if you see someone's hand up next to you, just put your hand on their shoulder right now. We all need prayer sometimes. Put your hand on them. Come on, right now, all over the tents. Pray this prayer, Ocean's, as we close. Come on. Anybody have faith today? Anybody else have faith today? Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, we declare you are the Lord. So we ask in Jesus' name, your Lordship to heal every cell, every joint, every mindset, every heart condition, sickness, disease, demonic stuff, heal Jesus' name. Top of the head, soles of the feet. We pray this time, tomorrow, they would see a difference. And I pray for some even today, Lord, by about this time next year, they would be dedicating their babies in this church, and we'd be indoors while we're doing it. I pray your blessing over Oceans Church in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Come on, and the people of God shouted amen and gave him a hand clap today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.